Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're uh, going to do a podcast today on, on a topic that we haven't done before. And uh, there's a couple of different ways to, to talk about this topic. Uh, as our good friend in Australia kind of refers to this, Mike, you, you, you're the first one that told me about this term. Rising damp. Rising, Rising damp. damp. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Tom in Australia. Who, who was with us on the last podcast. In fact, yeah. we should have, I was thinking about this. We should have had him on here talking about the rising down. Yeah, we should have. They have, because it, it does occur here in the U.S., but um, on a larger scale in Australia and the U.K., where I just came back from and saw, you know, some interesting rising damp situations. Rising damp, and, as well as water table issues, um, they kind of go hand in hand, so. Yeah, but for whatever, whatever reason, here in the States, we never adopted the term rising damp that i'm aware of i've never heard it honestly yeah. but I, I think you pointed out something when we were chatting earlier you know we were pretty strict about where you can put a home and and what the water table issues are when when you're building a home and we have a lot of desert a lot of dry areas where i think it's more yeah. easily you know it's easier to build homes on dry land and and so maybe the combination of things we just don't we don't we don't have a rising damp scenario like they do in the UK. So, first Maybe, of all, but you know what else I was thinking, though, Jerry? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, when we were building one of our homes, the plans called for it to go. I I can't remember exactly, but it was like go down eight feet, right, mm -hmm. and pour your footings. Yeah. Well, when we got to the eight foot level, we hit water, so our builder, on his own, decided, you know, we can't go that deep. We're going to have constant problems. So we raised it up uh, a foot or two, and just I think we avoided a lot of problems in the future just because we caught it um, during the building process. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically, in order to really talk about this topic, and and it and it does relate to mold because obviously water equals mold in most most cases. So this is a, a, a definitely a water topic and comes into play in our homes in the form of mold. So um, water table, um, you know, we talk about this concept. Do you have a good way to kind of articulate what water table is? Well, when you're setting up for like Thanksgiving dinner, like my mom liked to have the main servings, you know, yeah. and then she'd have a smaller round one where we put the water. <laughs> we called it the water table. <laughs> I don't know if that helps or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's give a let's give a. I got a technical definition here. Okay. A water table describes the boundary between water saturated ground and unsaturated ground. So there's pretty much water in ground, you know, all the way up to the surface or fairly close to the surface. But there is a point at which it, it's fully saturated, and that kind of division between, you know, moistish water and full on saturated water is the water table. And also, I think what plays into it, Jer, is when you when you build a home, when they dig the hole, the hole is actually a lot bigger than the actual footings, right? Yeah. So then they pour the footings, and then they pour the foundation, and then they backfill yeah. that outside of the 
foundation. They, they tar right? the foundation usually, right? Yeah, 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 they do. They tar it. And then yeah. they backfill yeah. around the house. Or yeah. Foundation. Well, I think that that backfill is just normally going to take on water like crazy if there's water in the area because just it's even though they try to pack it back down in and uh, get it to firm up again it's still going to take on water like crazy yeah it's i mean we talk about homes settling over the first five ten years yeah. i mean you pack it as well as you can with, with those big tractors that that landscape guys have and it's still isn't like dirt that's been sitting there for hundreds of years. Right. And, right. and as we're going to discuss here, so the important part with, with water table and then, and then water table affecting our homes is this concept referred to as capillary action. And you're, you're the resident expert. So I'm going to give you all the hard questions. Tell us a little more about capillary action. Um, I don't know the technical uh, details of it. I just know the, as a mold remediator, the, uh, the, the basic physics of it is water wants to go from wet to dry. And so where you see it in a home is first thing that gets saturated that you don't want to be saturated is the soil around the home. Once that's saturated, um, right next to that is usually a dry foundation or at least drier than what the soil is. And so now that because of capillary action, that moisture wants to saturate the foundation. Then I tell people once that's sec once that gets saturated, now it's going to go into the two by fours or the furring strips that are inside that basement if you have a finished basement. And then once that gets saturated, it just wants to keep rolling. And now you're into the paper on the sheetrock. And then eventually, okay, now I've got visible mold because the water traveled all the way from that wet soil clear through the foundation, clear through the plywood, or the, not the plywood, the two by fours, clear through the sheetrock paper. And then eventually you've got moist paper. And if you have an elevated mold load in your home, now you've got yourself a nice little place for mold. Yeah, it's, it's honestly pretty incredible how far water can travel just by kind of being absorbed into the substrate yeah. that's next to it and yeah. traveling. Um, actually, the reason I just thought of it is because when you were talking about backfill, that that dirt that you backfill with is uh, more porous in a sense, right? Because it yeah. hasn't been packed yeah. down, and that's kind of what capillary action works off those pores as well, right? It's it's the porous substrates, which our houses are made of. Everything we make our houses out of is porous cement, like you said. Um, cement water. is cement is very porous. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've never, I've never meant a well to do. Cement. <laughs> very porous. It's very it's poor. It's porous. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, dun, dun, dun. Wood, sheetrock is very porous, paper's porous. Right. So I mean pretty much everything we build our houses out of is porous. I mean you've got the the found the tar on the foundation, which is not, but um but really, yeah, that's the idea. If if there's a porous substrate next to the water source and it's dry, like you're saying, yeah. it, it wants to move and, yeah. and almost create an equilibrium in a sense. Um, so yeah, basically this capillary action, you know, which is kind of this physics principle that that is used in lots of science. We know, ought to get um, Jason in on this conversation. We should. We should have a, a good friend scientist come in and talk about it. Yeah. But it, but in our lives, I think it's just important to realize that if the water source 
is near the home, then there is a, a strong possibility, even though it's not maybe, um, you know, there's a foundation in the way and there's a wall, you know, I'm inside and, and the yeah. water's outside. It can really make its way into there over time. Yeah. I tell, I tell people this actually, you can have water problems in your basement from, from really two different things. One is just naturally a rising dam situation or an elevated water table, what we call it here in the States. And then your other issue is drainage coming off of the roof. If your rain gutters are not working correctly and you don't have extensions on the bottom of your rain gutters to get the water away from the first three or four feet of your foundation, that's going to do the same thing that rising damp does. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I've talked to people many, many times where they're nervous that because they have water in the basement, they, they'll say to me, I think my foundation may be cracked. Well, it may be cracked, but that's not what's causing the water problem. The water problem in your is in your basement because the soil is saturated. The house was never built to be like a boat, although they have houseboats. Yeah. They do have those. Yeah. Yeah. But not in our neighborhood. No. No. But, but they do have them. I was, if you have them in the UK, houseboats. When I was just there, yeah, it's pretty much the water tables. They're all houseboats, so they're all houseboats. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. So I wonder, I wonder if the building codes are more stringent here in the states, yeah. that they just won't let you build in certain areas. Yeah, that'd be worth looking into. I'm not, I'm not sure on that at all. Well, I'll tell you this. This just brought back an old memory from when I was a kid. Uh, my dad had a friend. In fact, he was our, our religious leader in our area. And he used to say, don't ever build where the cattails grow. Because cattails want to grow in swampy areas, you know. So yeah. I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure, you know, we have some swampy in, in the U.S., yeah. in Florida, yeah. some of the places in the south, Louisiana, yeah. Mississippi, those areas. I imagine you get close to those swamp lands. Well, you've seen, you know, you can envision those you know, a lot of those trailers or, or mobile homes, you know, mm -hmm. put them up on those slots, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And even the stilts, you know, if you think of those houses that are just off of the coast on stilts, you'll see the water line is maybe three, four, five feet yeah. above the water line. And you might think, oh, the tide was higher. But in many cases, it's just the water through capillary action is just soaked up just, to that. Yeah, saturated it up to that point. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of back to, you know, when, when I was just, in the UK and shout out to, to you guys in the UK, but yeah, I only went into a couple of houses, but I believe both of them, if I can recall correctly, but there was an issue where you could see, um, you could see the water line on the wall, you know, three feet up. It was, it tended to be in the corners, but, but not always. Yeah. Both houses. One was just right under the window, but you could see the water line and it wasn't a water stain yet. It was just, uh, I think they call it the tide or something or the, you know, I don't remember the exact term for that line, but basically you can kind of see the water had wicked up. And that's pretty incredible that from the ground, it could manifest itself three yeah. feet up in your it's, house. Yeah. And like you're saying in Utah and other places where basements are, are quite common, it's probably doing that. And we just don't know. It doesn't always make its way to the sheetrock, but sometimes right. it's. Yeah. So, I, I honestly think more problems in Utah are because of uh, poor rain gutter um, function. Yeah. than actual rising water table. Yeah. But I could be wrong on that. So 
if someone like has a I don't know they have rising damp you know what moisture is getting to their house into their foundation you've kind of mentioned one revenue okay figure out how the water is even touching the foundation yeah so if it's the gutters right. you need to fix those yeah or if it's the downspout you know are you diverting the water far enough away yeah what what other kinds of things can people do or remedies do we have yeah so things that we recommend is for sure the uh grade of the soil around the home mm-hmm. it's got to be built up so that when water hits close to the uh, home itself it's going to flow away from the house instead of flowing towards the house mm-hmm. um, you mentioned rain gutters i have um, heard of people digging out around the foundation and putting in like a french drain around the foundation yeah, yeah. now if, if you actually have a elevated water table or a rising damp like they do in australia that may be a lost cause you know because yeah. that it's like you're sitting on top of a never-ending river yeah but it's you can find an expert in the area that would understand what's going on in that area and get better advice but whatever you can do to get the soil dried out i have never seen anybody have good luck with trying to seal the cement from the inside mm-hmm. it just i mean i guess if you don't have any other choice, it's worth a try, but I've never seen it really work great. You you just got to figure out a way to get that soil dry. Yeah. Are you talking about those injections they'll do? No, I was actually taught. There's actually a product where they're, they'll paint the inside of the cement foundation. Oh, like a seal. And try, to keep, try to seal it out. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, but yeah. no, the injections as well is, yeah. is a I, idea. I don't know. I don't know how effective they are, you know. I've heard of times when they're working. I've heard of times when they're not. But but essentially, they go down to the, I think the lowest level of mortar, yeah, on the brick or whatever it is, the lowest level on the on the house they can get to, and they inject, essentially, a cream or a sealant of some okay. sort that doesn't okay. allow it to. It hits that before it hits any of the porous substrates that it can right. absorb into. So it kind of stops the capillary action in yeah. its tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And I still think. Again, if you're living in an area where that's your only option, I think I think it's worth trying that and some of these other things just to yeah. see, you know, what you can do to keep it away. I think I think digging trenches and drains you know, might be a solid option as well, because because really, except in rare cases, it's not gonna. I think I think they say three or four feet's kind of the max that it's gonna be able to to go because it, as it goes deeper, it loses water, right? So it's right. It's it's diluting itself as the, the further it goes through capillary action, and it hits this point where it has nothing left. There's no water left to pass on, and I think yeah. in most cases, three or four feet, maybe five feet is your max. So if you can dig trenches and kind of get the water somehow away from, you know, at least at least your living space. Yeah, you know, you can keep it in the, the lower parts of the foundation or something. I think you have a fighting chance. But so I will point out this one thing is that. I've seen a lot of really, really wet basements that are not finished, mm-hmm. and it's still a relatively healthy home. Mm-hmm. And and the reason for that is because the cement on the foundation is not a great source for a food source for mold. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot more mold problems if you have a fully finished basement on a if the basement's wet than if you have just the cement down yeah. there. So that's one thing to keep in mind i guess before you finish a basement is 
make sure you're going to be able to maintain that that dry environment down there before you start putting walls up. Yeah. Because then you all of a sudden have got kind of a problem. We got a wet cement floor as opposed to we've got mold everywhere. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, I, this reminds me of a house that I went to a couple of years ago up in Park City. It was a nice, beautiful home. I remember looking on line afterwards. How, many, how much is this home? Because these this couple had just bought the house and they found mold in the crawl space. And it was mm -hmm. like a $7 million home. And coincidentally, it had a creek going through. You know, it was, it was two homes essentially connected by a small bridge and then a little creek oh, okay. through the yeah. two halves. Yeah. Not not a good idea, I realized, after right. doing the full investigation. Yeah. That that creek just happened to, you know, saturate kind of the soil around it and then yeah. saturate the foundation. Because if I'm crawling around in the crawl space and trying to troubleshoot, well, they, they knew there was mold down there. And I went down on my belly and a good 65 by 45 foot chunk of of that crawl space ceiling was just covered in mold. mold yeah. And what we finally determined was that creek had led to the foundation absorbing the moisture. Yep. And then and then that kind of just led to it being really humid down there. The water yeah. soaked through and it just created a really humid environment in the in the crawl space. And of course ventilation wasn't that great down there either. But um they they were so shocked that this huge patch was caused from that Creek. Creek on the outside of the house. On the outside yeah. of the house. Yeah. So I think you have to be really careful with with water bodies of water uh around your house. Even I remember a lady recently not long ago calling and she had a pond just it, it came up to like three feet from her house, four maybe maybe three. Was it a, a real pond or a homemade pond? Yeah, I think it was a homemade pond. That those always just yeah make me make my head pop off. Yeah. Like why yeah. why are you putting yeah. five hundred gallons of water right by your foundation? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those tricky ones for, for me. It's like, I want to fix your mold issue because it was causing mold, but yeah. you have a lot of work to do to, yeah. if you want long-term, you know, protection in your home. So the other, the other thing I've seen is people love to build like um, brick walls or rock walls uh, right in front of their house, right next to the home. And then they'll plant flowers or whatever. Yeah. And the, so they'll build the wall up two or three feet yeah. and then it's like, like a nice little flower area yeah. if you don't arrange for drainage for that thing to drain you've created all kinds of problems yeah yeah, yeah it's that same thing too that soil needs to be typically a little more fluffy it's soft and fluffy yeah. soft and fluffy you need to put lots of water on it right brand yeah. new flowers got water yeah yeah i know it's not a good not a good scenario yeah so i think that's a pretty good coverage of the topic mike um, unless you can think of anything else. Yeah, no, I like guess like you mentioned, shout out to our friends in the UK and Tom in Australia and yeah. their rising damp. Yeah, and I know here in the south we've got some of that too, but it's definitely something that when I'm doing my investigations, mold investigations, uh, from time to time it comes into play. We have actually a patch here in uh, in Pleasant Grove. I, I only learned this, you know, by going to some homes there and the neighbor and then those people would tell me like we're in this notoriously this area that's notorious for a high water table, just yeah. this unique little patch and, and kind of everyone in the neighborhood struggled with it. And, uh, and I guess that's one thing to say about water table. It's not, uh, well, two things I know about it is it's not really flat like a table. It, I think usually it just follows the, the terrain, the topography. Yeah. And then number two, it can change 
from area to area pretty easily. And oh, and from times of the year as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rain. I mean, rain affects it, yeah. and that's why some of these rainy places have to really they really struggle with water table. But you know, even along here along the the Wasatch Front, we're building homes way farther west than I would have ever thought they could thirty years ago. Yeah, you know. The the Great Salt Lake itself is way down. Yeah, it's receding. Yeah. yeah, so the water table is way down. I mean, those literally, I, I talked about don't build where the cattails grow. Yeah, uh, they're building where the cattails grew back then, and and uh, hopefully it stays uh, dry out there. But it's it's a worry. I know. I know. We pray for all this moisture out here in the desert. Yeah. If it comes, then the the people in the west aren't praying for that. They're good. <laughs> yeah. They're fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep dry. Stay dry. Yeah. Uh, their prayers are winning out so far so yeah. <laughs> anyways awesome okay. thanks thanks everyone for listening thanks for joining us we, we continue to provide content that's relevant to to water and mold and health and thank you for listening and please tune in for rather uh episodes on these topics hey and happy thanksgiving yeah, happy thanksgiving to everybody next week and thanks to nez on the other side of the glass yep Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.